This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. And good morning, everybody. We got a shorter show today because of Washington State football. Pre-game, of course, begins at 1030. So we got to get your phone calls in as early as you possibly can. Give us a call at 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. And so we'll get started right now with some headlines. Well, the Mariners got a 6-2 victory over Kansas City last night. Uh, you know, good pitching by Sam Flexen. He did a great job. And then Jared Kelna continues to uh, do a wonderful job now, continuing to hit. He had a couple home runs. And so, you know, all of a sudden he now becomes the youngest player since Alex Rodriguez to have uh, young uh, multiple two home runs in games. And so that's encouraging. They'll continue the series today as they uh, try to, uh, you know, see if there's an outside chance if they can, you know, get that wild card. And I think that uh, there are 11 games over 500. They have, uh, I think, what, three games right now as a a gap right now. So it's like, hey, very encouraging for the uh, Mariners as they try to win. As far as the Seahawks, uh, you know, injuries, the big, I guess the big one right now, is whether they're going to be able to have uh, Damian Lewis at guard because Damian, of course, got a little slight groin injury. He's listed as questionable. You know, certainly, uh, you know, you know, they're not going to be able to have uh, their running back, uh, Rashad Penny. He's going to be out, so Alex Collins takes over him as the backup running back. But uh, that that goes. Uh, you know, plenty plenty of injuries around the National Football League. We'll keep you up to date on those. And then, uh, you know, you've got. Uh, you know, certainly Washington having their their game today as they continue to see if they can get their first victory of the season after having two losses. Those are our headlines. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to JB in Renton. Hey, JB. Hey, Mr. Clayton. How are you feeling this rainy Saturday morning, my friend? Uh, tired, but good. Oh, well, hey, get you some rest, Mr. Clayton. You'll be back out there Sunday at the Hawks and the, the mm-hmm. Titans. Right. It's ought to be a real good game. Should yeah, be a real good game. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Titans need to do something, man. I'll tell you, Arizona, is, is, is Taylor LeJuan still ducking from Chandler Jones just, just running over me? <laughs> Well, hey, he's got problem. He's got problems because he comes. He comes off the ACL, and I think you can tell right now he's just not there yet. I mean, he gave up five oh. sacks to Chandler Jones, and you know, talking to people down in Nashville, you know, they think it's going to take maybe a, a, a few weeks before he gets back up to speed. So he's a very vulnerable left tackle right now. Definitely, you know, another guy on the opposite side of their team is Bud Dupree. He's, he's oh, yeah. coming off an ACL. Uh-huh. He's not going to be up to par for a, couple, for a while, too, himself. Isn't, isn't, isn't that amazing? You know, they, they spent $22.5 million for Jadevian Clowney and Vic Beasley. Didn't get a single sack out of him, out of those two guys. Then, you know, they come back and they pay, what, $17 million for uh, Bud Dupree. Didn't get a sack out of him last week. Only one tackle. And, uh, you know, he still looks like he's banged up. So it's like, I, are, are they making the right moves? You know, you know, this is the thing that you've learned about players with ACL injuries. You know, normally, not all, but normally the majority of the players that suffer ACL injuries, it usually takes them the next year mm-hmm. when you start to see their production come back fully. You right. know, I mean, yeah, I mean, $17 million, I mean, 
is, the, is that a waiting next year or maybe the mid-season you start to see some production from him? It's going to be remain to be seen. But, you know, coming up to Macy Elliott, what, Taylor Lewis definitely showed it, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, Chandler Jones got him a gold jacket off him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My, my word. See, it's good Ever since Griffin for the Minnesota Vikings is out in concussion protocol, running into a deer. Yeah, he. Yeah, it's like after all that you know time. I mean, he missed uh, last week, and then he runs into a deer, and so he's probably not going to be able to play next uh, this this week. What the heck happened there? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what's going on. You that deer must be pretty tough to give him a concussion. Uh-huh. Well, you know, he, he's out. And I, um, also, the Saints is going into that game with seven coaches out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. With COVID. Right. Jeez. Well, then on top of it, it's like, I mean, I know there was a great win uh, for them last week, 38-3 to three over the Green Bay Packers. But how do you do it when you're down 10 starters from last year? Then, of course, now you got Marcus Davenport. He's not going to be able to play at defensive end. You know, they don't have Eric uh, McCoy. He's not going to be able to play. What the heck is going on? You know, a lot of those injuries, Mr. Clayton, you, you and I have talked about that. You look across the league, a lot of those injuries are due to soft tissue injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like calf strains, you know, peg, peg tears, right. peg strains. All those things, you know, ACLs. Uh, look at that. Do you think that's inducive for them not having two a days in practice? Because some teams are just going with just seven padded practices in in, in training camp. Uh huh. Yeah, I think yeah. that plays that plays a part, no doubt. Yeah, because I mean, you're not preparing your body for the physicality. Then you come to the preseason. Some teams aren't going to play their starters mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the preseason. You know, now when you get out there for that first game, it's it's kind of hold your breath, right? You know, yeah. I, I I'm just saying, do you think that in the preseason you should at least give them a couple of quarters? You would think, think, yeah. But I mean, you know, most most teams didn't. I mean, what 591 yeah. players didn't practice in the, the third preseason game. I mean, didn't didn't wow. play. I mean, five ninety one. It went from five twenty two to five sixty five to five ninety one. Yeah, yeah. I think I think when you're talking about the Saints, I think it's just their depth of mm-hmm. their young players is just what is keeping them afloat. Keeping yeah, but yeah, you know, but that's the thing. I mean, say what you want about their young players, but they usually yeah. uh, keep fewer draft choices than any other team in the league. Yeah. But you know what? You know what? You gotta you gotta praise that too. That's Jeff Ireland, Mr. Clayton. Mm-hmm. You look at Jeff Ireland in the drafts with the Saints have had previously yeah. with him being at the helm. He's he's hit pretty decent. He has. He's hit pretty decent for him. That two I seven mean, that two seventeen draft was as good as I think you could ever find. Yeah, yeah. You, you talked about the center Eric McCoy. He's a Reese is the guard that played center. At Michigan, right? They just slid him over to the center, and it it kept going. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean that's Jeff Rollins. He drafted that. He drafted Caesar Luis last year in the first round. Mm hmm. You know. Well, yeah. they, 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 I mean, one, one thing that the Saints do 
they do a good job job of drafting offensive linemen, as good as yeah. there is in the league. Yeah. Because they've yeah. always had good yeah. offensive lines. Yeah. Well, Mr. Clay, it starts in it starts up front, offensive mm-hmm. defensive line. You know, controlling the line of scrimmage. Let's talk about a couple of things that happened that just right quick. A couple of things happened last week. You look at Philadelphia with that lineup. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia's offensive and defensive line is still pretty much intact. I mean, they, they yeah. revamped the offensive line. But again, line. They, they played Atlanta. Atlanta's terrible. True, true, true. Understandable. Atlanta's about ready to take some serious beat down this year. They mm-hmm. don't look good at all. No. No. But, but you had to be impressed with the way Philadelphia came out looking like that. Right, right. Time. Yeah, they did. We'll see if it that holds up. Yeah. yeah. How do you look at how do you rate I'm gonna tell you like how do you rate the NFC West Mr. Clayton? NFC West is the best in football. Yeah. Well that's gonna be a tough division to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, all four of them playing like that, playing at that level. Now, Frisco lost most of it the running back. Will that hurt him? I mean the little yeah. rookie came in, he did a fabulous job replacing it. Now who who who's that again you mentioned? They they lost their running back of the forty nine. Oh, the forty. No, here's uh, of the four teams in this division, the team that I think I'm mm-hmm. most concerned about is the forty ers because of injuries. Because I mean, mm-hmm. think about this: they lose Jason uh, Verrett at cornerback. Emmanuel Moses yeah. is not going to play this week, so they had nothing left at the cornerback position. Then you know, Jim, Jimmy Ward gets hurt during the game. Now he's going to be back this week. Then uh, you know they lose Raheem Moster at running back. Jeff Wilson's yeah. at running back on IR. They have Richie James. He's uh, waived injured. You know, a wide receiver. Jalen Hurd is on the injured reserve list. And then uh, you know, uh, uh, Dre Greenlaw, linebacker. He's out six to eight weeks with a knee injury. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The war of attrition. I think in that division, whoever stays the healthiest is going to win it. Yeah. Yeah, you have to stay. You have to be you, you, when you're coming down close to the, to the mm-hmm. you know coming close to the end of the season. Whoever's the healthiest is going to win that division. Yeah, but I mean, I think right yeah. now Seattle's going to win the division because I think they're the best team. Yeah, well, I mean, I, Ra- I you, Ra- Rams will be second, and Arizona maybe third. And again, I say you know, San Francisco is a better team than Arizona, but with the injuries, I mean, they, they they've had these injuries now for the last two three years. Yeah, yeah, they have. I tell you though, Arizona, you know, JJ Watt is not getting a production, but I tell you, that's a lot of Chandler Jones to have free reign at wherever he's going against. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, you got to pick your poison, and that's going to that's going to allow somebody to have free reign at it. Right. It's going to be pretty interesting. It's a good division. It's going to be pretty interesting to see how that turns out as far as that's concerned. Right. Are you, uh, how do you look at the AFC East right now? How do you look at the AFC East or some of those? AFC East, I think it looks good. I mean, uh, Buffalo had a bad game to open up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I think that's just a one-game type of thing. You know, New England didn't look too bad. Miami's good. And uh, the Jets are just awful. Just yeah, awful. Are. Yeah, they're bad. Right quick to a couple of games this week. Raiders and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I think Pittsburgh has the edge. I mean, say what you want about the Raiders. That was a great win that they had against Baltimore. But, again, this is a Baltimore team that had virtually nothing left on offense. And yet uh, Baltimore scored a lot of points. How? And, again, I just – I look at Lamar Jackson 
there's no way that he's going to be hold, held up as much as he's going to have to run the football this year. There's no way. Yeah. It's, it's a lot on his plate I mean, over they, there. They, you know, they're, they're down three running backs. Their top three running backs are on injured reserve. You know, their first-round pick, John Bateman, he's on injured reserve. Their number two tight end, Nick Boyle, is on injured reserve. today. Uh, they're not going to have their left tackle, uh, you know, Lonnie Stanley. They lose their best cornerback and Marcus Peters. That's way too many injuries. Too much. Too much. It's hard to sustain that many injuries. Mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, what about Buffalo going to Miami? Very interesting game. I think Buffalo yeah. should win. I mean, again, I still think they're the better team. I think, you know, they're still for talent, one of the, uh, you know, the second best team in the AFC, although they didn't show it in week one at home against Pittsburgh. But uh, I still think they're, they're going to be okay. Dallas going to going to the L.A. Chargers. I didn't say San Diego. I said L.A. Mr. Clayton. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think Dallas might be looking at all our Mr. Clayton. Yeah, they they could. Yeah, because again, I think the Chargers are a good football team. Now again, you know they yep. lose Brian Balaga at right tackle. That doesn't help. But uh, you mm-hmm. know, you know, because but the big thing is they've rebuilt their offensive line. Now again, that's going to have to have a fill in at right tackle. But you know, that's that's going to be an issue. And Dallas lost Demarco Murray, the best Demarco. Uh, DeMar- uh, Demarco Lawrence. Lawrence, and then on top of it, yeah. Will Collins, he gets suspended for five games. I know. That's their best pass rusher, too, in mm-hmm. Lawrence. And Collins is their best left, right hand. And, and then Randy That's Gregory it. gets suspended. Oh, jeez. Oh, I don't know why they hold on to that guy. I know. You kind of wonder I why. <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're right quick, what do you think? Is, is, is this game a bounce-back game for Green Bay and Detroit? No, I mean, I mean, it's like it's, huh? a, it's, a, it's a win. I mean, they'll, they'll bounce back because Detroit's so terrible. I mean, Detroit's one of the worst teams in football. So, you know, it's like, I don't even think it's going to be a close contest whatsoever. Hey, JB, thank you for the phone call. All right, Mr. Clayton, we'll talk next week, my friend. Okay, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Raider Jim. Hey, Raider Jim, how are you? Hi, John, how are you? Good, tired but good. Okay, yeah, my voice is still recovering from Monday. I think my I think my neighbors thought I went insane. Uh, I would imagine. It was a, it was a wild game. It was a great game, great, great no, win. It was a great game, John, such a great game. So here's a little bit of stats for you, John. Yeah. Uh, the Ravens before Monday night. With a 14-point lead, with their record, were 95 and zero. Mm-hmm. They've won 95 games, and with Harbaugh, it's been 81 and zero. Now it's 81 and one, John. Mm-hmm. And then Carr, I, I, I looked at the stats again this, this morning. In the last six seasons, he has the most fourth-quarter comebacks, which is remarkable. I think the Carr talk about how he can't play should go away. Yeah. Uh, um, Mad Max Crosby was just unrelenting and became the defensive player of the week. And uh, I thought that was just amazing to see how four people could rush that way. And I think having uh, Yannick Ngakwe has been tremendous for the team. Right. Uh, key veteran acquisitions such as Casey Hayward, Denzel Perryman, and now K.J. Wright were all great in their own way. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I watch a YouTube occasionally, and they had on, on – they um, they put up uh, the Manning brothers on ESPN Plus. 
the last six minutes. It was just, frankly, John, it was hilarious. I really, I really enjoyed what they had to say. And the other thing, though, more seriously, is it gave you key insights into the quarterback's mind. Um, case in point, uh, when they went up and they had, it was, it was, I think, third and one, or two and one, and they were about ready to score in the fourth quarter, or was it over, in overtime? I forget. And Eli Manning said, You don't do a card count here. You've got into a lot of new people online, and look what happened. You did a hard counting, and, and it happened to, to the Leatherwood, the, the, the rookie right tackle. And that's a great example. They had Russell Wilson, by the way, on that show as a guest appearance. Uh, on that, it was just hilarious, hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then, lastly, all AFC team teams in the West and all NFC teams in the West won their games, and that hasn't happened since the merger of the two leagues in 1970. Just remarkable things there, John. Yeah, it really was. And uh, yeah, the only thing that concerned me about the Raiders is that uh, uh, the, the Baltimore had nothing left on offense. And all they basically had was Lamar Jackson running the football, and yet they gave up a whole bunch of points. That, to me, has got to be a little bit of a concern. Well, the way I look at that is you can't stop Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You have you just have to contain him. Uh, he, I mean, he showed it. But he can't, he can't do that for 17 games. Well, I agree with that, too, John. I think, I think the comments you were making with J.B. earlier in, in, in this session – was was definitely I definitely think that's the case. Mm-hmm. You can't have on your hands, say what Shanahan had with uh, with the kid out of Baylor, All right? Two years back with the Redskins. I mean, you just you're going to run him down, and you know they're after him. He's he's a target, and eventually it's going to catch up with him. Uh, and yeah, he's got great stats, and he's he's a great player. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't buy any notion that he can't throw. The guy can throw. Uh, he wouldn't be on an NFL team at this point if he couldn't throw. Um, but still, uh, you cannot rely totally. It's like when you're when you're gambling, <laughs> you know you gotta you gotta you gotta have a lot of cards. Or you know if you're an investor, you gotta have a lot more uh, different types of investments in your portfolio. You can't put all your eggs in one basket. And yet that's I think what they're forced to having to do. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no team has had to succumb to all those injuries, as you pointed out. That's really remarkable, too. So, um, and I think that the rookie they have that uh, never got any touches, but got a got a number of them on on on, on Monday night. He looked he looked really good from BYU. Ty- Tyson Johnson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think he looked good. So, like, I mean, he can always improve, which kind of leads to my next thing. I was a bit underwhelmed by Najee Harris. Steelers. I watched that game against Buffalo, and I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh, I think he'll improve too, John. Mm-hmm. Oh, no doubt. I think I mean he was the best running back in the draft, and I think it'll show. And like anything else, if you're a rookie, sometimes in that first couple games, it takes a little bit of time to get everything going. And so, uh, no, I, I think he's going to be really good. He showed a lot of good things in the preseason. Yeah, and I was impressed that the Steelers came back and beat Buffalo in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. They, got, they had some key turnovers. Uh, and then, you know, Ben is a, ben is a veteran. He's going to make it happen, and he knows how to do it. And, uh, by the way, you and Mike talk all the time about, you know, the Steelers, and I know that's probably going to come up, but did you did you see Gruden's comment on, on Ben Roethlisberger? No, I did not. Yeah, he, in, the, in one of his press conferences, you know, there's, they're saying, look, you got, everyone was writing him, uh, writing Ben Roethlisberger off, and I don't know, really know who those people are. Right. But I, I want, he says, I don't want to get into a debate about it. But, you know, he gave effusive praise to Ben. Mm-hmm. And, and and rightfully so. I mean, the guy the guy's a great. He's been a great quarterback for many years. And then uh, Ike Taylor, the ex-dealer, uh, you know, he's now in media. He's, he's he was saying that the, 
Cameron Hayward is the consistency and basically the battery that makes that defense run. And, yeah. And uh, do you think that's the case? Well, I mean, I, I still think a lot of it's more T.J. Watt, who just got $28.3 million oh in his God, pass rush. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a great player, but Hayward is really good. Yes, he is. Uh, you, think, you think the Steelers are a top-five defense? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I think so, too. I yeah. think so, too. Okay, yeah. Well, I think this will be a great test for the Silver and Black uh, this this coming mm-hmm. this coming Sunday, and they're playing in Pittsburgh. Right. Um, and, and, you know, there used to be used to be the case where, you know, Raiders had problems going East Coast early morning games. But you know what time they practice uh, in, in Las Vegas, uh, John, uh, when they have to practice? What time? Well, uh, they, they practice at 7.30 in the morning. Oh, geez. Yeah, because of the heat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, and they like to practice outside, and they do have an indoor facility. But uh, they practice at seven thirty, and they start practice at seven thirty in the morning. Right. So what does that mean? That means you're usually in the facility by six, mm-hmm. maybe five thirty to get ready, right? Yeah. And so the, I don't think they're going to have a time change issue with this team. No, that's that's going to be a challenge. But again, I think that uh, the game in Pittsburgh is going to be tough. The Pittsburgh crowd's going to be big. You know what the rivalry is against the Raiders and all those different things through the years. Oh yes, and the, the other thing Gruden said that I thought was really remarkable. And I, I you know, and you got to hand it to these two franchises, along with the Green Bay Packers, by the way. They've never really changed their uniforms, John. And uh, you know, when you see those teams, mm-hmm. uh, those standard bearer franchises, if you will, you you know that says something. It says something about, you know, the consistency of those franchises and how they value their heritage. And, uh, you know, nothing like seeing the silver and black play against the Pittsburgh Steelers, John. Nope, it's going to be a good one. Hey, Jim, enjoy the game. Jim, enjoy, enjoy the game tomorrow. Okay, John, I will. Take care. All right, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Tara in Mercer Island. Hey, Tara. Hi, Mr. Clinton. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. What did you think of the Seahawks game last weekend? How do you see the matchup shaping up against the Titans this week? I mean, I, 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 I thought that the Seahawks played as well as any team in football in week one. I mean, they came in. They looked great on defense. They looked great on offense. You know, they did so many good things, special teams. I mean, it's almost like the perfect type of game. And so I think that, uh, you know, they, they get Tennessee at the good at the real good time because Tennessee's offensive line does not look good at this time. You know, their defense, you know, which was, you know, not too good last year, uh, looks a little worse than last year with all the changes that they made. So, no, I know I think right now uh, things look real good for this football team. And I think if they can get off to a 2-0 start against those two teams in the AFC South, then they have a great chance to win, you know, 12 games because they'll go 4-0 and against the AFC South. And they also have to play the NFC North. And that division doesn't look good with all the four teams that lost last week. Right. Both of them look like an awful division, like mm-hmm. you just said. And I was really impressed with the game plan Shane Waldron put together. Yeah. Like everyone knows that the starters didn't play, but I was really impressed how disciplined the O-line was because Russell Wilson made a lot of changes at the line of scrimmage, and there was no start penalties on the offensive lineman, which shows a lot of discipline. And my favorite play of the game was when I think DK might, or someone got a holding call, and yeah. it was second and 20. And unlike 
last year where they would have just done a draw play or a short pass to and just settled with mm-hmm. a punt. They um, threw it to lock it and scored for a touchdown. So I think this offense can be very can be unstoppable, especially when we get DS Stritz back. Yeah, exactly. And he's probably not going to be back this week. I mean, what he's already listed as doubtful with that concussion. So it's going to he should be there for next week. But uh, yeah, and that, the the big thing we got to see right now is that is you know with Josh Gordon now passing all his tests, if he's going to be available and if Seattle does sign him. I think they should sign him. Don't get me wrong. I really like Freddie Swain, and mm-hmm. he can get the ball even more. I don't think we, he's really reached his potential yet in the Seahawks system. Right. But a couple years ago, um, I think it was against the Panthers, when Josh Gordon on third down made a remarkable catch, Dave Wyman brings that catch up a lot. And like I just said, that will be even more amazing. Can you imagine DK Metcalf, Josh Gordon, and Tyler Lockett? Mm-hmm. That would be I know that would be even more unstoppable. Yeah, really, really I good. I hope that happens. Yeah, and again, I, I just you look at the team and the fact, and that's the thing that I think you you look nationwide, and they didn't get the credit for where they are as a team because they were a 12 win team last year. You got Russell Wilson at quarterback. You got a better offensive system. And then to make matters even better is that you've added to the roster. You've added pass rushers. You've added uh, uh, Gerald Everett. I mean, you've added Gabe Jackson. And so it's like uh, th- this team is that much better. Now they got to hope that Damian Lewis plays tomorrow because he's an important part of that offensive line. Wait, and I looked at the roster before this call, and I don't see – a backup for guard because also Jamalco Jones is listed with injured with a knee injury. Would they have Jake? Well, they, they, got, they, 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 have, they can have Phil, Phil Haynes. Phil Haynes can maybe fill in. Oh. And what do you think of the cornerbacks? Because now DJ Reed's injured too. I, I think he's going to be able to play. Pete Carroll seemed to be pretty optimistic. Got to be a little bit of a concern, but you know they do, they do have Sidney Jones if they need him. You know they have a couple other options, but I I I mean they need they need Reed out there. They need their best players out there without question. Right. What's the um? What did you think of Daryl Taylor last game? And I think he looks great. I mean. Yeah, I I really like the linebackers as much as I do. Miss KJ White, you didn't really see a gap. I thought there might be a gap because, like I mentioned, KJ came off his best year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I, I think the big better. thing is with uh, Cody Barton and with uh, Jordan Brooks and Bobby Wagner, there's just so much speed at linebacker. And I think you can see that. And then you add Jamal Adams in that with his speed. And, uh, you know, that that's a good group. Hey, Tara, thank you for the phone call. Thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Ed in Denver. Hey, Ed. 
Morning, JT. How are you? Did good. You How are you? Night last night. Uh, it was good. Good. Pat really enjoyed yeah. hers. All right. Very nice. Have any good meals or any particular good entrees? Uh, let's see. Because Pat was able to get uh, some uh, shrimp scampi, and she I mean, went to a place uh, that had probably one of her favorite Caesar salads. So that worked out real well. That's fantastic. So you're doing any uh, special celebrations about uh, the Raiders Steelers uh, rivalry game this weekend? Nope, nope. Just gonna just uh, you know be on the sidelines for the Seahawks game and uh, you know just try to to watch that and then uh, you know see see how they do because again it's going to be a very good football game I think. I just think that yeah, I, I, think I just think right. the, I think the Steelers have a big advantage because again they're at home. You know, the Raider defense, as good as it played last week, I think it's going to struggle. Uh, not that the Steeler offense is that great, but uh, I just think the advantage is that Steeler defense is looking great so far. Definitely is. Definitely good. Looked very good at Buffalo, mm-hmm. um, surprisingly. So I'd have to say, weren't you surprised with the outcome of that game? Oh, I was stunned. And because, you know, like there, there's certain games that you look at and you say there's no chance. Like last year... Uh, when you saw how Buffalo started the season out, I didn't think the, C- the Seahawks had a chance to win that game, and they didn't. Well, now you look, and I thought the Steelers going to Buffalo in the season opener with five new offensive linemen, and it's like I uh, didn't think they were going to have a chance, and they, you know, they win the game. Yeah, no, I was very surprised. I'm also sort of surprised at uh, how all the experts almost across the board have the Seahawks favored against the Titans. Um, the Titans certainly laid an egg mm-hmm. in their game last week, but I just don't think that's representative of the team. Yeah, but again, I, their defense was um, bad. Their yeah. defense was bad last year, and their defense gave up 37 points in the opener. And you know they made more changes than just about any other team in the National Football League. That's not good, and their offensive line looks terrible. Yeah, no, that's certainly true. Um, so I certainly hope that it turns out the way everyone's predicting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to make good predictions in the NFL, John. Yeah, it is. I agree. I mean, because, again, it's like uh, no preseason. You don't know when the guys are going to start to really start to play. Those are those are big questions. And so, uh, you know, overall, a lot, lot of question marks right now as far as where things are going to be able to go in this. But I, I, I just think that, you know, is Tennessee on the road? Uh, you know, Seahawks obviously have to stop Derrick Henry because now I think he's going to play a big part. And then again, you just have to wonder how the rain's going to be and how much that's going to impact the game. Yeah, I was so excited about the um, the new Seahawks offense. It was so dynamic and mm-hmm. so changed from anything we've seen in years. And I just hope that they can keep that going throughout the year and the adjustments that other teams make to mm-hmm. it uh, don't actually end up working that well. So we'll see. Yeah, but I, I just thought overall that, that uh, they, they look real good. I mean, because, again, I thought they was about as efficient as any team in football in week one. I mean, that was a big win. I know that the, they caught the Colts at a great time, and I think they're, take, they're catching the Titans at a great time. Yeah, I hope you're right. I have to say I'm disappointed that they didn't sign K.J. Wright, but uh, I guess I see why, given mm-hmm. how well Daryl Taylor and Jordan Brooks are playing. Yeah. Yeah, and again, they still have uh, you know Daryl Lewis as an option at the strong side. 
So, you know, you can see that I think that there's a lot of things that are in their benefit right now in to be able to make this all work. Yeah, and going back to the Raiders for just a second, I'm sure I'm happy to see Cliff Branch make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, finally. After all this time, it's uh, really disappointing that he makes it after he's no longer living, just mm-hmm. like Ken Stabler. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think that's a travesty but that cannot be reversed, of course. But uh, It's tough, I mean, it's tough, it's tough to get into the Hall of Fame, that's for sure. I know, yeah. I'm, I'm a voter. I sit there every year and yeah, watch no, that. I'm sure you, I'm sure you were voting for Cliff Branch when you could, or I guess you're not part of. I'm actually group, honest, to, to be honest. I don't. I don't think I even had a chance to vote for Cliff Branch because I, I started voting in '88. So there may have been a few years where I had a chance, but you know, there's other receivers that you look at and other position players and all that. So it's like, but I'm not in the senior committee, so uh, I didn't get a chance to vote on them there. Yeah. John, were you at the Immaculate Reception game, or yep. were you watching it on TV? No, I was at. Yeah, I, I was there. covering. I was covering. I was in a eighteen-year-old senior in high school covering for the St. Mary's Daily Press, sitting in the in, in the auxiliary press box, watching Franco run right down to the auxiliary press box. Oh wow! So the auxiliary press box was on. It's the baseball press box. Okay. So, so in so other we words, it's like, it was like, and so it was going to be, you know, home plate and all those different things. So you could see him run toward you into yeah, the yeah, end zone. Yeah, Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Could, and, so could you see the ball hit the turf? Uh, no, I, I think it hit uh, Frenchie Fuqua, which made an illegal catch. Yeah. 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 No, that too. Mm-hmm. Hey, Ed, thank you for the phone call. Yeah, good to talk, John. All right, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Matt in Burien. Hey, Matt. Hey, John. How are you doing this morning? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, I'm excited about uh, the Seahawks and especially excited to see kind of the uh, explosive offense. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, they put up some big highlights, and Russell Wilson's deep passes just make my heart flutter, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I have a couple concerns I think you've kind of voiced a few assurances here, but, you know, the Titans on paper, you look at the Derrick Henry and the, the receivers, and it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a scary group. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like you're, you're thinking the offensive line's really got some issues. Uh, so we had Blue Friday at the office. Everybody's in their gear. And some of the people don't really know a lot as far as uh, who we're playing. So I send around a Derrick Henry stiff arm highlight video. Okay. And people are just, you know, apoplectic when you see him. So thinking about, you know, who we've got going, I love our young outside linebackers. They're also, they seem a little speedier than yeah, stout, agreed. if you will. Yeah. Do you think anybody's going to get that stiff arm, you know, get get embarrassed during the game? You know, they could. the yeah. biggest thing, we, it seemed like we held up against the run really well last week. Mm-hmm. But how do you think we're going to do against the run this week? Well, what you wonder about is that uh, one of the things that Ken Norton Jr. did is that, uh, you know, when they, because you, you can see what the strategy was. If they're going to come out and go three cornerbacks, they're going to run the football with Jonathan Taylor. All right. So then at one point, you know, Ken Norton Jr. made the adjustment and uh, went to three defensive tackles. And that really slowed down the running game to a point the running game was gone the rest of the game. So what you wonder is, like, will they use, you know, three defensive tackles to try to contain 
uh, Derrick Henry. Because the one thing you know is like when the Titans go three receivers, you know they're they're going they're not going to get uh, you know eight in the box on safety you know, with a safety up there. And so, uh, but you know you go three defensive tackles, and that could slow down the running game, particularly if the defensive tackles play well. Yeah, I've always been surprised at how much success Henry has had running to the outside. You know, that's, that's yeah. where he seems to get a lot of the big runs. And for a guy who's so big, he really turns the corner well. So I'm a little worried he's going to get some of that going against our smaller guys on the outside. Um, but it, look at their receivers. From yeah. Brown and, and uh, uh, what's his name? Julio Jones. Big guy. Yeah, there you go. These guys are good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it seems like the success they had last year a lot was pounding the ball, pound the ball, and then taking deep shots with some of these guys. Sounds mm-hmm. familiar a little bit. Um, so even if their O-line isn't great, you know, that formula could still work. And, you know, thinking how bad they played last week, I'm a little concerned that, that our, our deep ball defense, I guess, mm-hmm. is, is going to hold up. Yeah, but again, if, like, if their offensive line's not going to block well, the deep ball defense is not going to be able to do anything. Because again, it's like uh, you know Taylor Lewan is not the same player as he normally is. Five sacks to uh, Chandler Jones. Uh, the right tackle is not in a good situation. The center looks old, Ben Jones, and so uh, you know they're very vulnerable in the offensive line. And that I mean it prevented Ryan Tannehill from getting the ball downfield last week, and that could be the same thing this week. Yeah, I'd love to see our pass rush get home as much as we did last week. And with kind of a varied attack, we didn't have to rely mm-hmm. on a Jamal Adams, you know, tweaking the whole defense. Um, who was the big guy that came up the middle? Monet? Yeah, Brian um, Monet. He looked, yeah, he looked tough. He, he yeah. seemed like he made some really good good pressures. And the one time he hit um, this guy right up the middle, it seemed like that was a time where the NFL in the past years would have thrown a penalty for kind of landing on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he kept his arms up or what, but I was kind of surprised they didn't penalize that. Yeah, but I mean, it's like there's too many penalties as it is right now, so it was good they were able to get rid of that. Hey, thank you for the phone call. Yep. Take 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Mike in Renton. Hey, Mike. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm good, good. I hear you're going to be at the Seattle game tomorrow. That's correct. Oh, hey, John, I want to ask you, anytime this year, are you going back to Pittsburgh? To... <laughs> Too early. I mean, right, right now... The way it's scheduled, the first three preseason, I mean, the first three road games, uh, we're all going to be doing them here from Seattle, and you know, it's too early to say what's going to happen uh, if we're going to be able to travel for the Pittsburgh game. Mm. Don't know. Yeah, that's going to be a doozy. Oh yeah. Hey John, did you happen to watch any of that Steeler game? Uh, I, di- I didn't get to see much of it. No. Yeah. Uh, the first half, Ben looked bad, but for some reason, the second half, he came to life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seemed like he looked like the old Ben 15 years ago. He, he good example was he threw a, a touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone. He just laid a really nice soft ball in there, and just oh, the receiver came down with it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I you know, you you'd, see, and I, I think you know people were too early to like put the fork in him. Yeah. And that really, that offensive line really came together. I was shocked, man. They were just really giving him some time to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 
and um, like like uh, Raider James Jim uh, said that uh, Oakland at Oakland, you know that's a rivalry game, and I think Oakland's going to come to play. Yeah, but Oakland doesn't have a football team right now. Yeah, that's true. They don't have a running game. No, no, Oakland. Oh, they they remember they moved to the Las Vegas. Yeah. But uh, they're not going to give up. I think they're going to come in there with a fight. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no but, doubt uh, about it. I mean, but uh, I just think, you know, Pittsburgh has the advantage because they're at home. The defense should do a good job of trying to contain the Raiders' offense. And then we'll see where the Raiders' defense is. But, uh, no, I, th- I think Pittsburgh has an advantage in this game because, I, again, I, n- I never expected them to go to Buffalo and win. Yeah. Well, I just don't, I don't know. The reason why I feel this way, they have a tendency to play down to their opponents. Mm-hmm. They they can't take this game lightly. They just go in there, take care of business, and move on to next week. Yeah, well, they won't take it. They won't take it lightly. I mean, I think yeah. they'll, they'll play as well as they possibly can. Yeah. All right, John. Good talking to you. You take care. Okay, Mike. Thank you. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. Let's go to Irish Mankey. Irish Mankey, how are you? Hey, hello, Mister Clayton. Wonderful, wonderful. And boy, there must be joy and happiness in the Clayton house. Arkansas's ranked. I know. How about that? Uh, I tell you what, the the coach looks good, doesn't he? Yeah. What a crazy year. Yeah. It really is, at least for college football. I think it's a little like, so so is the NFL somewhat, all these overtime games, all these thrillers Mm -hmm. going down to the wire and uh, unusual teams winning. It's quite the year, Mr. Clayton. Yeah, it really is. It's a very unusual season. And it's the year of this tight end for Notre Dame called Michael Mayer. Okay. I don't know if you had a chance to see him or anything, but... No, that would, uh, that would, that would require me to watch a Notre Dame game. Well, no highlights. I'm telling okay. you, yeah, he's, yeah. he's probably turning that... Let's just put it this way. Right now, he's averaging seven-plus receptions a game mm-hmm. over the past three games. That's last year, Alabama game. And then this year, the first two, he's projected to catch 96 passes this year, 1,200 yards, and 18, D, 18 TDs, Mr. Clayton. Okay. He is fantastic. So uh, He's a sophomore, and he is just, he's arguably could be the best receiver in the country at the tight end position, no less. Well, we watched last year where Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, was the best uh, pass catcher, and he's a tight end who got drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. So it's like, uh, you know, we're seeing a whole group of really good new tight ends coming into the league. Indeed. So, Mr. Clayton, quite the shakeup in the uh, Pac-10, eh? The 12, 14, 16, whatever it is these yeah. days. Well, Pac-12, I mean, USC yeah. dumping their coach and in the season, no less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's... But, yeah, but, but well, with... Cl- with, 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 with three today, Mr. Clay. Yeah, with, with Clay Hilton, I, I just thought that was like two to three years too late. They should well, have done that years ago. Yeah. You, you know, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. why they kept him, you're right. You, you know, uh, he he. they're just not the old USC, you know. No, they don't no. run anymore. They're... They're caught up in fancy passing offenses, and they mm-hmm. just don't have it, do they? No, they really don't. So, and the Huskies, Mister Clayton, zero and three today, maybe. Uh, I, I, who, who knows? I well, mean, I'm just saying, you know, the the the, the line is Washington by sixteen and a half <laughs> points, mm-hmm. but they haven't scored more than seventeen points total this year. Yeah, I mean, they've been. Uh, I mean, the, the the offense has just been awful, and they're playing. Hey. 
Another school from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Arkansas State. I mean, again, the, the, this this should be a no-brainer. They should be able to win. Well, I, I you know, Arkansas State comes in averaging 45 points a game, and apparently they have a huge offensive line. Oh, okay. But, uh, no, but I, yeah, I would have no, you, no, you would no. say, you like I said, the, the, the bookies make 16 and a half. And a half points, Washington. Mm-hmm. But you know, will the let's see if Arkansas maintains their their offensive production? Yeah, can the Huskies keep up? Yeah, I mean, but what, are they going to be able to? I mean, remember, Jimmy Lake's a good defensive coach. They got de- good defensive talent, and they should be able to contain them. Just because, I mean, Arkansas. Who does Arkansas State play for those forty points a game? I, you know, I don't have their the book no. on them anyway. Other than I'm just dealing with today's game, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, they're listed as an upset special, you know, yeah, on, on yeah. some websites. So okay, just just curious. Uh, and uh, finally, you know, I'm not much of a baseball guy, but mm-hmm. just to show you how crazy sports are, you've got the Mariners contending for a playoff. I know, isn't that great? Oh, it's incredible. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you know, I. I I expected them to be the Mariners and tank. Yeah, yeah. You know, like they've done over the past, gosh, long time, huh, Mr. Clayton? Exactly. Hey, but we've got to run. Okay, Mr. Clayton, go on. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.